This is the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Bounty Hunters, we don't need that scum. A Utini Patreon exclusive featuring Star Wars news and discussion beyond the expanded universe. I have never met a Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. And now, it's time to collect those credits. As you will. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Hello everyone, welcome to Bounty Hunt, a Utini Network podcast where we hunt down all the extra content in the Star Wars universe. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson doesn't work and joining me on this week's hunt is the full crew to talk all about cassie and ander starting off with the man in his i think last week of hawaiian vacation is dr Corey helton hey buddy hello hello it is the last week of my insane hawaiian vacation i'm uh ready to go home i'm not gonna lie <laughs> a month is a long time um i'm not complaining but you know it's uh i'm kind of complaining a little bit we're homesick, but yeah, we're having fun. We're having fun. It's been a good time. Um, about to go to Oahu tomorrow to see Pearl Harbor. It's gonna be awesome. It's a bucket list item for me. So it's gonna be really, really cool. It's gonna be really moving, and I'm excited about that. And uh, then I'm coming home, and I'll start my real life job soon-ish. I think, which I'm not a little nervous about. How's it going, Charles? <laughs> Don't come back. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of doing <laughs> normal people jobs in the in the normal people time zones, it's Doctor Charles Hankel. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, guys. I don't have anything as fun as Corey to report, but uh, it is a three-day weekend because I don't work Mondays, and I just put out some Halloween decorations out front, so that's fun. Did you get the 12-foot Home Depot skeleton? Yeah, of course I did, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, Pictures up on Patreon, right? (laughs) Yeah, he's crawling out the front front door. That's what it is. Epic. Oh, which course brings us over (laughs) to our own 12-foot skeleton in human form. It's Wes Jenkins. Hey, buddy. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us on Saturday afternoon on opening day of archery season in Texas. That's the glorious holiday for all the people who uh, who work manual labor jobs down in Texas. They won't be at work on Monday. I can guarantee you that. They, everybody takes their holidays on early October and early November to go and help fill their freezers. So just FYI, in case you have friends in Texas. Kind of in the in the lower um, Texas southern area, a lot of people go hunting uh, at the end of the year to help, um, you know, get better meats in the grocery store, and it's true. Well, I'll tell you honestly, <laughs> Wes, I don't think I ever told you this. Back where I went to elementary school, we literally had a a district day off on the first day of deer season because there weren't a, there were never enough students to count for a full day because so yeah. many people hunted, so they eventually just started giving us the day off. So wow. that's my childhood. We're connected, Wes. Uh, but today, of course, on this first day of archery season, intentionally, uh, we are talking about Andor, episode four, Aldani. Uh, this will be a full spoiler show. We're, we're switching it up a little bit today. Um, if you've listened to our previous Bounty Hunt episodes, we usually go through the full recap and then kind of go bit by bit and discuss. We're similarly doing that today, but after our recap, we have each picked a couple of story points that we want to talk about. Uh, so each of us will be kind of leading part of the conversation. Uh, so, of course, y'all in the chat that are here, we'd love to see you on a Saturday. Uh, please chime in with things you love as well. And if you're listening to us later, we hope you're enjoying the show. And I hope this works out for you. So, without any further ado, full spoilers, as I said, here for episode four of Andor. <clears throat> God, this show's so good. Eldani. Mm. We begin with Cassian and Luthen on Luthen's ship. An argument ensues that reveals Cassian was actually on Mimban 
during the war. Hashtag make Solo 2 happen. But now Luthen wants him to cut the crap and fight for something real. Luthen lays out the mission that Cassian must undertake. It's 200,000 credits if he steals an Imperial payroll and they head to Aldani. We then go to Kurosawa, baby! We're going to the ISB, the Imperial Security Bureau, and we see Kurosawa for the first time on screen since Revenge of the Sith. We go into a meeting of ISB officers led by Major Portugas, amazing Star Wars name. The Ferrex debacle is revealed, and the stolen piece is recognized by Dedra Miro, who makes a note of it. Hmm, might be from her jurisdiction. Meanwhile, Cassian and Lucin land on Aldani, and Lucin gives Cassian a down payment of an ancient blue kyber stone set to celebrate the uprising against the freaking Rakatans! Rise up, KOTOR Hive. <laughs> we then meet Vel Sartha, Luthen's contact, who meets Cassian as Clem and reluctantly brings him onto their mission, revealing they will be attacking an Imperial garrison. Luthen then heads back to Coruscant, but not before adopting his Coruscanti persona as a merchant of antiquities to the rich and powerful. He takes a moment to transform before landing. <clears throat> we then see Cyril, MVP of Episode 1, Chief Hine, and co-MVP of Episode 2, Sergeant Mosk, uh, as they get reamed out for screwing up the Ferrex job, revealing that the Empire has taken control now of their sector. They're basically fired. Cyril responds by going down into the city depths to visit his mom, who smacks him in the face. Didger then attempts to get permission to investigate Cassian, but is denied by Lieutenant Sur Supervisor Blevin before Partagaz tells her a bit about how the world works, ending the meeting in the best way by saying, We're done. Cassian, meanwhile, is introduced to the rest of the burgeoning rebel cell, Nemec, Skeen, Terramin, and Clinta, and they discuss Cassian's role in the plan. Then, the time we're all waiting for, Mommy, Mon, Mon, Mon Mothma time comes, everybody! <laughs> she arrives in a, an amazing car at Luthen's shop under the pretense of buying a gift for her husband, who sucks, Perrin, and as Luthen's <laughs> assistant distracts the driver with carvings of the Mortis Gods, Luthen takes her to the back to discuss their financial distress. A tense exchange occurs, but at the end of the day, they're both still on board. Mothman then goes home to see Perrin, who's, a, who's invited some of his buddies, who might be political war criminals, over for a dinner party. Mon is furious about his callousness, but acquiesces to the dinner party with people like Sly Moore, who's a great dinner party <laughs> conversationalist. Meanwhile, Cassian and the rebels go over their plan execution. Cassian receives his homework for the evening, asks if he can just finish his food, and then they sit around the fire and await for the day of their infiltration. All right, fellas. Before we get into our specific uh, points about the episode, I just want to do a brief kind of check-in. Uh, we were all very high on the first three episodes. Um, a bunch of us, including myself, called it the best Star Wars show we've seen thus far. Episode four, are we still on board? Charles, brief thoughts. Yes. <laughs> all right, great. Corey, brief thoughts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the show is... Um... Man, this is something else, truly. Like, the amount of political intrigue that we're getting here is insane. The ISB is here now, which is sick. Um, man, I'm just, uh, I'm so pleased with the show. I mean, the, the the episode ended, and I'm just like, this is a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Like, I've not seen any genuine hate online. Uh, I've seen a couple mm. posts on Reddit about, like, how were people not liking the show? <laughs> it makes no sense. Because, like, no sense. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You, you, some of the criticism people have had for the other shows, you know, I kind of see some of it. But, like, I have no notes. And this show is phenomenal. Uh. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, it's just 
I just, I just, I just can't believe they got it so yeah. right, and I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, it's disbelief. It's absolutely disbelief. Um, Wes, what do you think about man? Um, it was all right. I don't think it was as great as the first three episodes, but what can be if you get three episodes back to back and a longer story? But one thing I did notice in this episode, or didn't notice, that is, is where are all the aliens? I didn't see. I didn't see any yeah. aliens. I pointed it no, out. I pointed it out last time. Were you looking for it now? Because I pointed it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it was really because I. We'll get into it later. I audibly said, "Oh shit!" When I saw Coruscant, I was like, yeah. "No way, yeah, we're going too, to Coruscant!" I can't believe yeah. it. So that yeah. was really. I was really impressed with that. Yeah. Yeah. The beauty of that was just incredible. Uh, same uh, for me. Obviously, this this is still still my my favorite show. Star Wars is done. I think it's the best show Disney Plus has put on so far. I agree. I think I still technically like the first three a little better, but also that was like a first... It was like a Star Wars movie, and this was the one, so I think it'll be interesting watching mm. the, the arc as a whole. Still absolutely obsessed about it. And let's jump right in to uh, the first point I wanted to bring up, uh, which was the theme this episode of like the double lives beginning to emerge, specifically with Luthen and Mon Mothma. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff, obviously with Cassian, and folks uh, throughout this episode. But for me, the MVPs were really Luthen and Mon Mothma. And at two particular points that I want to hear you guys talk about. The first one, it's been talked about really a lot online, but it's a really small moment. That little moment of transformation that Luthen does in the ship where he's putting on the wig and he's literally kind of like getting his gestures in for becoming this other person that has to be a merchant to these like rich and powerful people. And I'm like, oh my God, we've never seen the transformation of like, you got to swallow the bile and you just got to be like, oh, I have to smile because I'm doing such good work. But it takes active, you know, he has to code switch really intensely. I loved that. And then, of course, Mon Mothma coming into the shop under the pretense of buying something for Perrin and having to be all smiley, smiley. And then that moment when the camera literally goes around them and then they immediately turn into rebellion mode. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, the amount of mental effort it takes for both of them to hold up their facades until they have a second to deflate and then Mothma of course doesn't get to keep that because the second she gets home she's like oh my god these bastards are gonna come into my house now like what what was it for you guys seeing that kind of back and forth because I feel like we've only ever seen I'm fully rebellion I'm fully empire or I'm fully turncoat like going back and forth has to be so hard yeah um big fan of that uh, this whole episode just in general like they really captured the like fear of everybody perfectly yes like, that's it like you don't know who is on whose side at all like it, it mm-hmm. seems like everybody could be a a mole, right? Like, yeah. Like Mothma says, like I'm, I'm under siege. Yes, I'm under siege. What a like. great line. Yeah, like the driver. You don't know if you can trust the driver. You don't know if you can trust the assistant. You don't know if you can trust the IS, ISB lady. Like maybe she's. I'm gonna talk about that a little later. Maybe she's re- rebellion. Yep. Like, I don't know. It just feels like everybody is, is like really putting their ass on the line here. And uh, man, they they capture that perfectly. Like. You just there's so much you don't know. I, I don't. It kind of seems like Mon Mothma's husband right. maybe doesn't even know. Like he's not even in the mm-hmm. in the know. Like I was just blown away with how well they th- captured that. Yeah, I think they intentionally made it confusing when they had that scene with Mon Mothma and Luthen in the back room because they started speaking about things that you had no idea about. Like what is like what is 
what is their end goal here? What is this band of rebels? What is who is their group? Who are they working for? Is there already a rebellion? Have yep. they started something? Like you don't really know what's going on. So yeah. who she they intentionally in? did that? Who is this exactly. Mysterious figure. I I I can't think it's Bale because I, I I but it but it is it's all these questions of like they have mm-hmm. that that you have ten seconds essentially while you're behind yeah. a wall to have this entire conversation. I know. And then you got to go back. Yeah. Yeah, I want to shout out Skarsgård because yes! uh, he was so believable as like the like curmudgeon-y Luthan that went and found Cassian. Yeah, and then he was just as believable as like this jovial art collector. Um, really good stuff. And it, and when he transformed in the ship, it I I think there should have been like little animated fairy godmother dust that like sprinkled around <laughs> him. For real, for real. Hello! Yeah. <laughs> this is not put on as perfect Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh my god. <laughs> I love that. I love that scene though, for real. Like his little get ready in the mirror thing and his hand gestures. Uh-huh. That was yeah. just brilliantly acted. And like the I, music really in the wig. back of like just it's tense, but it's like it's yeah. it's subtle, but it's everything he needed just to kind of pump him up a little bit. It was yeah, it was, was great. Just brilliant, man. Brilliant. I loved it. And like the the way the ship even has like all of its hidden drawers and cabinets and like he pulled out all his rings and he put them slowly on all of his fingers yeah. like like that was oh, just look just at this so I mean this was cool. just man they put so much effort into this one little yeah. look at the mirror he turns the mirror the down mirror. Look, yeah it's just <laughs> and it's practical like they made and he puts the hot towel on his face which honestly that might just be just to do it that probably just feels good. Uh, that was major Mrs. <laughs> Doubtfire energy right there though. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I. We're, like again, you, you never would have told me at a Star Wars show what's your favorite time. Oh, and the guy put his wig on. Yeah, <laughs> like that was my favorite moment of the episode. Yeah, I think like, it was. I think it was mine too. It's just I don't know. Uh, like I just we saw in the trailers and stuff that we're going to be getting this back and forth. There's how fake everybody is. Like mm-hmm. everybody's living this fake life. One other thing that I will point out that was very. That also highlighted this dramatically that I didn't hear you mention, Eric, was the is the contrast between the little team, the rebel camp or whatever, the mm-hmm. folks that are living in the sticks, living in yeah. absolute the woods, right? Like really camping, yeah. roughing it, man, right? And yep. it, it well. kept going back and forth between that and... Uh, Mon Mothma's opulence apartment. Oh my like, god! I couldn't contrast, believe the contrast between we, that. It's just yeah. like this is what the rebellion Beautiful. is. It's the a lot highest, of white. Yeah, yep. a lot of yeah. the white lot gold of white. and like mm-hmm. like the trees that were integrated into it, which we know on Coruscant, like that's that's the that's the price, right? The green space is like the most in, like uh, expensive. Yeah. And like of course, who has it? Is the fucking <clears throat> senators that are like, <laughs> and it just yeah. the, that contrast just captures the the message so beautifully of like like Alexander yeah. in the in the chat says like everybody is lying like at the yep. the top of the top the richest of the rich are in on this conspiracy right the bottom of the bottom yeah. the poorest of the poor the boots on the ground they're in on the conspiracy too like you never yeah. know who's gonna slice somebody else's throat like it's just. Really, really well done. Like, yeah. Those- speaking, speaking of Luthen, the transformation. Mm-hmm. Just his, he just starts changing. He's like, oh, here we go. I loved uh, it. Look at I, it. Uh, like, he for those of you listening to audio, just character. The- <laughs> you should the scene. My gosh. 
So good. Um, really, really loved all that. Like just the the music and how everybody has these off like fake smiles on all the time, and like like mm-hmm. uh, Mon Mothma arriving in her insane car. Like mm-hmm. it was just uh, man. I was oh, just... her whip, dude. Her whip was <laughs> her awesome. Whip, Did you dude? see that thing? <laughs> it was oh, so like cool. cool. one of the yeah. one of the coolest speeders I've ever seen in Star Wars. That thing looked so badass. They captured yep. it perfectly. Freaking Cadillac. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here you go. Look at that thing, man. Dude, <laughs> look at that thing. It's got, yeah, it's got the suicide, or not the suicide doors. It's the got le- the, uh, uh, the butterfly DeLorean doors. doors. <laughs> yeah, the DeLorean doors. There you go. Yeah. Corey, you got to sim race that thing, my guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is just, I don't know, man. I was just so blown away with uh, how perfectly they captured the masquerade. Man, Alexander, you're on a roll Masquer- with, with the it. words masquerade. here. Yeah, the masquerade. It's just Good. everything is fake and like we're in on it as the viewer, but like mm-hmm. nobody else in the show is in on it. So, oh man, I just I love it. I hope we get more of this. I think we are. I think this is the theme of the show. It's just this yeah. political back and forth and stuff. And uh, I wonder if we're going to see the I wonder if we're going to transition to the expulsion of, uh, like, Mon Mothma and stuff. Because, you know, she was thrown out of the Senate, essentially, well, right? Well, fun you fact, hiding? yeah, there was, a, uh, there was, there was a, a moment in Rebels where she talked about, I forget the people, you guys might know it in the chat, um, the, the conversation she and Perrin have is, like, the day before, uh, like, the Gorham people or something got their shipping lanes shut off. In Rebels, she speaks about that is the thing that caused her to leave the Senate. So we oh, might really? actually see Ooh. in the yeah the Gorman oh, massacre, wow. we might actually see her thank you Crystal. leaving in this show. That'd be cool. That would be rad. But of course, like you're talking <laughs> about backstabbing and stuff. And Corey, you have this point up here that I, I want to jump into. Like, who's who's more deceiving than the Imperials themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're trying a little different format with this uh, bounty hunt, which is kind of interesting. So, um, yeah, one of the things I want to talk about was the ISB because we have been introduced to them in live action, which has been the coolest thing ever. And I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, we have never seen any visual depiction in any sort of screen media of, like, headquarters or, like, all the all the kind of commanders and their giant circle table talking to the, you know, the head of the eyes. We've never seen anything like that before. Like, like we've, you know, there a lot of shows and some rebels had, you know, ISB agents and that sort of thing. We've never seen, this is what the top looked like and Holy smokes. They killed it. Like, look at the building. It's just so crazy and incredible. Like it's very brutalist. I saw a lot of people saying that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good word for it. Like, like it just, and it's so petty and cutthroat and the way they all talk over each other and oh there's no right answer you can't give a no, right no. answer i know <laughs> oh that's <laughs> literally from our hands no Tell me what, what do we do here <laughs> can anybody enlighten me with what we do here like, i'm gonna start talking like that at our team yeah. meetings like <laughs> we just, are healthcare providers and i know I'm like yo like, absolutely nobody would have said healthcare providers you jerk nobody knew the answer to that like yeah it was it was Great, man. Utterly brilliant. I love the political infighting between, like, the different officers and the ISB. Like, that is mm-hmm. super cool. This is my jurisdiction. No, it's my jurisdiction. You're new here. Like, you don't know how it works. Like, what was the Ooh. line that he said about the ladder? Something about the ladder. Like, oh, Cor- man. Make sure yeah. it's, like, steady before you start climbing. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah like, no one will catch you kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, super. It was really, it was really good. Really cool. I was, yeah. I was blown away with that. Um, just the entire depiction of the the ISB has been super interesting, and I mean, it looks like they're setting uh, setting us up for that to be one of the primary like story arcs that we follow. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like we have we have several in the works now too, which is crazy because it feels like four episodes in we're still introducing stuff which is nuts so we have yeah we have the Cassian join the rebellion arc we have this mm-hmm. new team he's been introduced to in that arc they're apparently gonna rob a, a freaking Ocean's Eleven in the middle of the season it's gonna be amazing <laughs> um, God, that's yes. happening we have uh, we have Luthen and his double-sided life we have Mon Mothma <laughs> the, the, the rebellion political side of things and now we also yep. have like the ISB and all the political stuff that's going on there too like mm-hmm. we have a lot of really rich story arcs going on right now that I'm like I don't know how this show is gonna gonna accomplish it all like I imagine there's probably gonna have to be some pretty dramatic like time flashes because they've said that we are gonna end up right before Rogue One by the time they're so in so like do you, th- do you guys think that we'll do any of that this season? Are we going to skip any time this season? You think it's all going to be next season? We, I think no, it's he, all going to be next season. He said yeah, that, all, actually, in Celebration, season, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he said this. Yeah, yeah. next season will be 4 3 two, Yeah, that's one. right. That's this right. Tony five. Gilroy said that this first season is going to be, like, all over the course of, like, one year or something, and then the next mm-hmm. season is going to cover all that distance. That's right. He said that as Celebration. Yeah. But we yeah. are planet hopping a good bit, so I, that's yeah. something that we're going back and forth with a little bit. That's good. We're getting some more planets in instead of just one. Yeah, yeah. and one other thing that. that I wanted to bring up about the ISB that I noticed is right before the scene change, let me, Wes, I'll tell you where it's at. I think it's at like, uh, what's your, 8.59, nine minute or so. It it shows this guy, and I wanted to bring this up because it weirdly pauses on it. It's right after she scrolls when she finds out about the star path units, uh-huh. this guy starts talking. This guy right here, he's at uh, nine. No, it's here. Where's the timestamp? Nine fifteen, I think, is where he is. It, it pauses. I think it might be Ularen. I'm pretty sure it is. It looks like it. Is this is this oh, Ularen? Yeah. Ularen? It, it, it's a, a crystal saying in the chat that Ularen's <laughs> there, and they're, and they're having a chat that you can see Ularen. Yeah, I think this. Uh, he would be, he would have been there. I don't know if it was in the credits or something. See if you can find this guy's picture, Wes. Is it this guy? Yeah, 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 that guy. Is that you, Lauren? I think it has to be. I thought, like, it was weird. I watched it. I actually rewinded it. This is the only you time I rewinded it. You can't really tell because he has color to his hair, I know, right? I know. So you don't really right. know. <laughs> but, like, I, this is the only time that I paused and I was like, wait, what? Why did it Why did it freeze on this guy? Like, and it zoomed in on his face. <laughs> like he, it hovers here for about three seconds. And I was like, this is weird to, like, give this guy screen time. And I watched it again. And I'm still not positive who it is. I guess it could be you, Lauren. But this was very interesting to me that, yeah. like, He's we got this. He's not listed in the credits. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So interesting, interesting thing there that yeah. that was kind of cool. Imperial officer right uncredited though could absolutely be. Yeah, fair. Fair. Yeah, they're they're so cool. And like, I gotta give a shout out to the to the uh, the dialogue uh, in that in that particular scene. Uh, cause mm. I don't think I don't think Tony Gilroy wrote this. One. Dan Gilroy, his brother, wrote the script for this one, <clears throat> and. Um, uh, oh, thank you, Crystal. So, Yularen has white hair, and he is in the background of the meeting. He's just a different dude. Okay. Um, well, who's this guy, then? Like, like it, it hovered on his face. I want to know who this guy is. Like, is he important, he's or is this, just, <laughs> is this just weird editing work that they... I don't know. They don't do anything unintentionally in Star Wars, so I feel like... That's true. Something could be there, so... Yeah, we'll have to see how he hits. But I but I liked... I loved the way <laughs> that Dan crafted the Imperial vocabulary, because from that moment, the, the meeting in A New Hope kind of sets the tone for how Imperials talk in, in meetings, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. especially um, um, Major Partagas, like, that guy, 
speaks so brilliantly. His name's Anton Lesser. He's from Game of Thrones, if y'all remember. Um, he was the one that worked with Viserys um, in Game of Thrones, and he had a robe, and he was really freaky. But he just owned that meeting so well and the way they spoke about things to each other I thought was so crisp and like you wrote in your notes Corey so cutthroat I thought was really impressive um and I absolutely loved that so I just uh, I I think like we've said it so many times already the writing and dialogue in general in this show is I think the richest by far the richest dialogue that we've ever seen I mean can you imagine what Revenge of the Sith would have looked like if if this would have been the if we would have yeah I've read the book yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's fair. You know? I just, I can't believe it. I mean, it's so good. Every single time, I, I mean, I've, every episode I've watched, I will literally pause multiple times and be like, I just can't believe this dialogue is so good. Like, it's yeah, so good. But like, I watched them each twice. The day, the day they come out now, it's just kind of <clears throat> has apparently been what I do now, and it's because of enjoyment. Like, I remember during the other shows, I've been like on and off about oh like I, I'll, I'll probably watch it twice if I can and I usually like to but these ones I'm like oh god I can't wait for the for after work so I can watch it again like it has really really been there um but uh we got our ISPs we love those guys uh Charles flip the coin we met a lot of other people this episode yeah. who are I, I'm assuming gonna be giant parts <laughs> yeah so you know I I think that the hierarchy of the ISB, at least as we saw it, was pretty clear. But what wasn't clear to me is the hierarchy of the rebellion right now. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple points that were kind of particularly uh, confusing to me, or at least raised the question. And that was Luthen saying that Vel was his boss, or like that she was in charge. Mm-hmm. And then him seemingly being able to tell Mon Mothma what you know whether he thought it was a good idea for her to bring someone into the group. So like what what is the structure here or are we so early on that there is no structure and I don't know why would Luthen say the things I guess that he did is he intentionally trying to mislead Cassian to make it confusing for him still. I I I really didn't fully understand that and I think we're going to certainly get more but like who is in charge? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's an excellent question. I've been, yeah. I was wondering, been wondering that myself too, and like, I I want to know more about the team too. I think Wes, you're probably gonna bring some of that up, so I won't steal the thunder mm-hmm. there. But like, like it seems like, like you say, there's a lot of very confusing dynamics. Of mm-hmm. I really like Mon Mothma's line of uh, he's like, don't you understand that that you're gonna be, you know. As soon as this goes bad or whatever, we're going to be immediately taken out. And she's like, don't you think I understand that? I'm the first person that would be taken out, right? Yeah. Like, of yeah. course I understand I'm agent it. zero. Yeah, yeah, right. So I'm like, it's, it is very confusing. And it's very interesting that we don't really know, like, what the, what's going on with the rebellion. I think that's why it's so fun is, like, there's all this lying and two-faced stuff. Because, like, by the time yeah. we get to Rogue One, there's a very clear like council hierarchy or whatever. What are they right. called? The, the council? Right. Like the council? Are they the council? I think. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. Oh, right. We are, <coughs> well, they're all in the room. Yeah. But you know who's not there? Finished! I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know like, who's not you, there? Why are you a, a top person? Um, so I think it's interesting that, so Luthen, I feel like Luthen is probably the leader and he has this cell with Vel as the, so-called leader of that group cell. but i don't yeah the vel cell but i don't think i don't think vel's group knows of anything outside of that i think they think that they are the only ones that are fighting for the right cause they know <laughs> cause apparently they know for... yeah. <laughs> apparently they know of saw Gerrera because we got a name drop there mm-hmm. so there's mm-hmm. that there's that um 
more, I guess, barbaric part of the rebellion there that Saw Gerrera is running. Maybe not now. Um, but so they have Velcel that they think they are the only ones, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has, I think Luthen has these different cells all across the galaxy that he's trying to, he's trying to manage, but they don't know about each other basically yeah. to basically as a, what do you call it when you, um, like an LLC. So you don't put all your, all your, <laughs> so you don't put all your money in one basket, Rebels right? Yeah. If, one gets, if one gets wiped out, then you have yeah. some others to go, you know, to, that don't know anybody else's secrets. If they get yeah, tortured, right. they don't know anything about us about anything. Literally anybody what Alexander else, so. said in the chat. You can't betray anyone else if you don't know anything. Yeah. I swear true. I didn't read that before I said that. No. But I think that's a great point. I think that, like, I do think that Luthen is a point man. I think for Vel, he's like. I, I honestly don't know if any of the other people in the Vel cell know about Luthen. I think that Vel I is like... I love the Vel cell name. I, I, it's really fun <laughs> now. I think that she's the only one that knows, which is why she says, like, this has to be my mm-hmm. idea, because they also have to believe that Vel knows what she's doing because they are under such stress. So it's like, listen, <clears throat> they need to assume I am in charge of everything, and even if I get these orders from Luthen, who is probably one level up, Luthen knows the game, and he's like, you treat her as the boss because this cannot fail, right? That's the whole thing. Like, this has to yeah. work. Um, or else we're pulling it all, um, and that and that whole cell, including uh, I think his name's Skeen, but I'm gonna call him cousin because of the bear. Um, he's amazing. <laughs> if you guys have watched the Bear on FX, he's very clearly um, he's he's on that show very prominently, and he calls him cousin the whole time, and I love him. Um, but I feel like they are just about to crack, just like Mon Mothma is just about to crack, and Luthen is just seeing all these people about to explode, and he's like, just hold your shit together. All right, <laughs> you hold your shit together, and I will just hold the strings and yeah. barely yes. try. And like, if anything goes, I do think though that Luthen is not afraid to let let people go. If he's like, if you screw up, <clears throat> great, you're gone, and you, I will disavow you forever. And you know that going in. Yeah. So I think that'll be interesting. Yeah. 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 So okay. I like them. I'm interested in them. I, I mean, obviously they're the focus of this arc. You know, I mean, there there's a reason that we're bringing them in, and I listened to Tony Gore did a great interview on the Watch podcast, uh, which is on the Ringer Podcast Network, uh, where he was very like open about the show and talked about how like this event is kind of like this arc, you know. And um, I really love that we have that information going in, knowing that, like you said, Corey, we're gonna get this Ocean's Eleven, like, yeah, moment uh, with them. And I and I do think Charles, to your point, by the end, we're going to figure out. Like, who's in charge? Do they report to someone at the end? Do they stay on um, Aldani afterwards? Or is this just one planet for one mission, and then do they peace out? Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of that, pivoting to the Rebels themselves. This is, what, this is um, live action, the pre-Rebels, first time we've seen Rebels, like the first time we've actually seen them in this part of the timeline, I guess. I think so. so very, very early. Well, maybe not the first, but very yeah, early stages. Rebels season say that. one happened at the same yeah. time, so it's like that same vibe. So when, so when uh, Clem, what a great name, Clem, Clem. first shows up, he, yeah. we have, yeah, it's, we have it's, the it's Rebels. His name. Like where? <laughs> it's his dad. Yeah, was that? I still yeah, laugh. Dad's name. Yep. Okay. So here's a picture of we have the Rebels. The left. Um, so the far on the left, that's Taraman. Mm-hmm. And then if Tarman, and then uh, for people who are, are watching on the podcast itself on YouTube, and on the middle that is Cinta, mm-hmm. 
And in Small the girl. the one right next to it is Nemec. Oh, he's the one. He's the one with the hat and the models. <laughs> as oh, as Cohen says in the chat, he has his little miniatures. And the one on the, the one on the right is Skeen or the bear, or the cousin, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Um, so this is the first instance we see this group of rebels. They are on Aldani, right? Um, it looks like they are in in the woods. It was fifty-two clicks. Is that what it is? Fifty-two <laughs> clicks from uh, from the actual um, armory mm-hmm. where they have weapons. They have this giant cache, basically of money payroll um, that they're trying to score. So that's the that's the overall goal here is to grab this cache of money, apparently to fund the rebellion. From what we saw with the back, like the the backroom talk between Luthen and Mon Mothma. Mm-hmm. So while we have this. This uh, group of rebels on Aldani in the backwoods, ready to get this plan together. Um, Clem and or Cassian Andor is like, this isn't going to work. They're going to they have TIE fighters. They're going to come blow you away in the matter of minutes. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we know that. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, he was just like, already this is a suicide mission because i already i feel like we're gonna have one years from now but not right now <laughs> so they have the every three years on this planet there is some type of meteor shower that's not really a meteor yeah. shower we get a we get a better definition from nemic um later on in the episode but it kind of it will it will it will shade or it will help cover their tracks whenever they try to leave the planet. Um, so yeah. that is the basic overall concept of what they were trying to do. Steal the money from the from the garrison and then fly away with this meteor shower as something that stops the TIE fighters from shooting them down. That's going to be visually gorgeous. Can you just be like, we're going to see that. We're going to see yeah. meteors going around a ship. Like, and they had the 2022 CGI. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be mm. movie quality that we're going to see that. I think it, it's just but, a, such a rad plan. Yeah, and they have goats. You know, they have goats. Yeah, they and, got goats. Like lambs there. So they, so they, they, they're, they're, they're eating pretty well. A bunch of horns. <laughs> <laughs> goat horns on their face. I, I didn't see any liquid pop up bread that they were at the campfire with. So <laughs> they were eating meat. They were having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I really like them because they are unlike any of the groups we've seen in other like like crystal says in in rebel season one or any of the other places where we've seen the smaller cells um especially to to the rogue one by the time we get to that official council like we said earlier they're just like folks that are just like living there they're eating on fire and they're like all right we're gonna try this and it really feels more (laughs) i think we use this word a lot like ragtag yeah. than usual and mm-hmm. I, never, yeah. I never thought I'd think that the freaking OT rebellion was organized you know what I mean like they're like oh my god yeah. they are very clear these guys if you, if you called one of them captain I think they'd punch you in the face like I'm not a general who gives well, a sh- who cares like I forgot about the, the guy they have on the inside right they have lieutenant lieutenant Gorn is yeah. on the inside and he is he is pissed that yes. they didn't tell him beforehand <laughs> he said what if what if I wasn't gonna be here in, in three days time he's like I had trust in you I trusted you would be here. He was like, ah, whatever. You know, you need to let me know. And but she broke kayfabe for your for all you wrestling fans. She was. He's like, I think I should have been consulted. Like that, we agree. We both agree on. And I was like, ooh, yeah. I wish he would have questioned her about. What do you mean we both agree on that? Who did inform you? And then like we yeah. had this whole thing about the yes, leadership too many role. But die. yes. So they have a guy on the inside, Lieutenant Gorn. So that's yeah. that's one of that's their in. Do they have more? Is he the only one? I don't know. How, how, I mean, his, he took a speeder there. Is that speeder being tracked? Obviously not. 
or is it? <laughs> right? Well, and it sounds like like they're saying, I don't know. Uh, you know, there there's like less security there now, and they've kind of like you know they got all the inside right. information. They're just a skeleton crew. Yeah, I also love how this show is written so well that we are all getting excited about the idea of quarterly payrolls. Like, that's the big thing. It's like, ah, <laughs> oh, it's our quarterly books. And we're like, yeah, Star Wars. Like, it's exciting because they write this stuff so well and so, like, with so much intrigue that this kind of oh, relatively management is, is exciting because that's where the rebellion is at this point. He's like, they, we yeah. just need funds to get to next month. You know, like we just need to get out somewhere and we will be willing to die just so we can fund probably the next suicide mission. And all these guys are in on it. So I really love that. That's I a good point. Is is uh, Lieutenant Gorn a double agent? At this point. Do we, do we get our first double agent within, within the rebellion? That would yeah. be nuts. Does he stay like, in that early? Does he survive yeah. this mission? Oh, you know, like, does anyone survive uh, this mission but Cassian? I think it's like <laughs> lots of one of all 50. these characters are like technically kind of uh, uh, like they're replaceable, right? Yeah. That's kind of what they're signing on for. And then oh, my, my last point I wanted to make, uh, a guy we haven't really talked about a lot is uh, is our boy from the first arc, is Cyril, who gets a, a dramatic uh, talking oh. down in this episode of like, yo. You screwed up. Not only did you screw up so bad that you are going to be demoted, but now, from my understanding, the Empire has now kind of taken control of the Ferric sector and the, and the Primo, like the, the corporate guys, no longer have jurisdiction. Did you guys get that vibe? That, like, oh, yeah. the blue guys are now, like, we're going to see stormtroopers there instead of these guys now? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, and man, did the, the head guy just be like, "I didn't have anything to do with this. This isn't me." I wasn't I was like, even oh there. Exactly. Way to throw your guys there. under the bus, dude. Like, yes. What's the matter with you? Oh, there's a quote that's like, "It, it what is it? It took the uh, it took the combination of like ineptitude, complete dissolution, or like it, there's a wonderful line about yeah, how yeah. yeah, all three of you did the exact wrong thing to allow this to happen, you idiots. Yeah. Know, We're all so fired." Weird. Not to not to hijack your point, Eric, but yours and I think the last one. I kind of want to talk about are the same thing because yeah, we, we not only see this guy get fired and all of them get fired. We see him then like go home, tail between his legs. I thought it was really cool how we saw him on the top of beautiful Coruscant, and yeah. then you realize, oh no, he's going down, and it gets darker. Yeah. Like as uh -huh. the elevators go down, he goes to his mom's apartment. And his mama uh -huh. smacked this man immediately. I know. Okay. <laughs> and then yelled at the neighbor for steering. Yeah, well, what has he that's done? A, that's part of the question. And two. He probably hasn't seen her in years. Yeah, that they didn't jerk. call. I think he didn't call her. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And and two, he's they're clearly trying to show this man breaking. So like what does he do yes. once he's broken? Does he then join the Imperials? Do we see him like <clears throat> join up with them? Do we see him actually be so anti-Imperial yeah. from being uh, embarrassed that he joins the rebellion? Like where is this guy going? What's the point of showing his mom smack him? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that's the question. A, I want to double down here's on the my picture uh, of living quarters. I know. Which really good. <laughs> also living quarters he, is very barren. Only concrete. They didn't paint. I know. They have few lights. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Also, he totally left his suitcases outside the door, and that really bothered me. But uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> he didn't lean back it. over to pick him back up before he went in the door, and that annoyed me. I was like, "What about his suitcases?" I like yelled that at the TV. I'm um, out of here. <laughs> yeah, um, two small things about that. Yeah, he left his suitcases out there, um, and uh, 
<laughs> Two, the the actress. That's uh, I, I don't know what her name is, but I, I immediately noticed that it's the it's she's in Harry Potter. She plays the witness. Like, remember she's like, oh Dumbled- my gosh, Dumbledore oh, like neighbor. like puts her in she's town. The to, yeah, exactly. The one that's like, what do they look like? And she starts describing the kids. She's like, yeah, one was really skinny and short. The other one's pretty fat and round. And she's like, no, not the children. Like, yes. she's she's that lady from Harry Potter. Yeah, I thought Mrs., that was uh, Mrs. Fig. Mrs. Mrs. Fig. Fig, I cannot believe you remember that. Yeah, I have no idea. That took a second. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's who the actress is. I recognized her immediately. Um, the other thing I want to say is I want to double down on my rebellion arc now because I've seen this all over the internet now. People are saying, "Oh yeah, I think it's gonna go rebellion," and I brought that up last episode. You did, and you, did. you guys were like, "No way, there's no way he's gonna be rebellion." I'm like, "I think he might be," and I don't know. I think that might be the direction we're going with him. A little bit of speculation there. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, he also did all this work, and it does look like. I mean, we can't quite tell everything, but from that picture you showed, West of the Living Coders, it looks kind of like standardized, like low-income housing that are, that mm-hmm. his mom is yeah. in. And I'm like, so he probably did did all this work and was working for promotions, and then didn't get any money and just got kicked to the curb. And as we know, anything from especially Callus, like that was why Callus and Rebels shifted because you realize that they don't have your best interests. Uh, I also want to point out, I did find the quote I was looking for, and it, and it says, it took the combined ingredients of idiocy, ineptitude, and total disengagement for this farce to reach the full <laughs> apex of incredulous disaster. My God. <clears throat> Look at that. I'm wow, telling you, <laughs> this writing, I'm telling That's you, the amazing. dialogue in the writing it's, is the richest by far. It's not even a conference. It's not even a question. Like, no. This is just the richest. So that line, and we also have... <laughs> They fly now? Like, come on! I know. It's just <laughs> Sorry. Like, not even a comp- it's not even a competition. It's just it's amazing. really, really incredible how good the writing is. One yeah. of my and favorites. I, I tracked down one of the ISB. Um, it looks like one of the assistants to the ISB agents. Mm-hmm. This, all right, this guy, he zoomed in on his face, I think, on purpose. He doesn't, does this oh, fool yeah. look like Tarkin? He does. With the cheekbones, yeah. like, sunk yeah. in? Yeah. I mean, like Tarkin. I, yeah. I love that they, I uh, I love that they, they created like a little bit of a a stereotype here with like a kind of feminine yes. male assistant yep. like is mm-hmm. is is cool like of course there would be gay men in the imperials <laughs> like oh my like, god i yeah. hope oh my god target yes. meets jake gyllenhaal alexander oh my god that's exactly, what it is. That's exactly <laughs> who he is yeah i love this character oh i hope we get more of him because like he was sassy and he was like what did he say he was like you know, it might mean more if you win. Like, he obviously tried to weasel his yeah. way out of doing it. Like, yeah. I, I like this guy a lot. I hope we get yeah. more of him. Well, I think we're going to get more of Dedra because <clears throat> she's now attached to this Starpath unit and is learning about the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the how it all works. And clearly, based upon even just previews we've seen, I think she's either going to figure out a way to get approval to go after this unit or she's just going to gotta go for it on her own mm, yeah. like she why does she, she was why really does she why does she care about it like i'm very interested in this character this is one of the other notes that i had here is kind of about the isb mm-hmm. and my interest there is like she's very interesting like her her facial acting is very interesting like yes like she very much wears kind of emotions on her sleeve a little bit which is not typical i think of any other isb characters mm-hmm. that we've seen she seems different and they've already kind of Alluded to the fact that she at that. is different, yeah. right? She's yeah. She kind of used to be a cop. We need more of your cop here. What they, what they yeah. said, like maybe she used to be. A, she used to be a cop, and they bring in people like you to. I don't know. It was very interesting. Like gut instinct. Yeah, gut that instinct. Was, you know, it was like yeah, ooh, that was like, it. I don't care about that. We care about the facts here. And I was just like <laughs> the force. 
She's force sensitive. That's what it is. No, oh, my God. God. Force sensitive. <laughs> God. <laughs> so let's 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 speculate a little bit. Why do you guys think that she yeah. cares about this Star Path unit? Like, do you think? Is it she's literally just trying to climb the ladder? Is this something related to the rebellion? Like, what do you guys think? I read the ladder. I read okay. that she is. I think that she is. Again, he says she's been here for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lieutenant uh, uh, guy, Belvin, I think Blevin says to her, like, "Well, you've been here over a year," and I think she is seeing now an opportunity to Jerk. use this for advancement because she just saw all the corporate sector guys completely get demoted and completely get shot down. And I think she is very representative of this empirical mindset, like Alexander says, that is always looking for a jurisdiction and is always looking for an excuse to make themselves look good because they're all out for self-interest. They are all out for themselves because once you get promoted, that like all you want is the next promotion. That's kind of the whole thing about the Empire. Mm. So I think that she is new and has now gotten a sniff of something she can use to impress her superiors. Mm. And I think that she is less emotionally attached than Cyril, who was on the ground. I think she's just like... I think I can make this work very well. Yeah. It wasn't a huge robbery, obviously, because no one's really asking about it. But I think now if she can tie this to a rebel cell, and I think she is now seeing, she said something about, I'm, I'm recognizing a pattern. She's like, mm-hmm. I think she is, she is going to be the canary in the coal mine that figures out a rebellion is happening. And I think they're just going to shut her down. And then in retrospect, it's going to be like, oh my God, she, she knew that this was going on. Yeah. And she's going to be like, no one, no one's listening to me, and I think she's going to get incredibly frustrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to be the she's going to be the one that initially tips off everybody, and then they find out who is the who is the leader in that group in the inside the ISB. That the, Major the Partagas. Major Partagas is going to be like, Funko? wow, she was right. I they're think gonna, I have to kill her. They're going to make a new <laughs> special edition of A New Hope, and right before the Death Star explodes, Deidre's going to be like, I told you, and then it just blows up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what funny. What did I say? Deidre! <laughs> yeah, she's really interesting. Um, I don't know, what do you, what do you guys think? Do you think there's, because I know you you're, you're mentioned it and you noted it, that could she be like rebellion is she the one that's kind of looking out for the cells like Maybe. Again, well, everyone's lying as we've established everyone's lying in this show so yeah. she's the only one that's po- that's found this pattern right of right. the of the way they steal um the items that they steal and the planets that they do it on she's yep. the only one that's seen that out of everybody and yeah. then that's how the major was like yeah this is why we picked you you're different yeah. and well, so ferrix is the only planet they they do it on Canonically, so far. Well, Bix is the one that there's other things that I'd fair. I'm, I'm just saying it's for the technicalities. Okay, <laughs> technicalities. Well, well that is technically correct. That have been stolen. The best kind of correct. <laughs> <laughs> the best kind of correct. Okay, but I don't know. I trying to tr- putting putting her with the rebellion now is kind of a far fetch. I think because. <laughs> She is, we don't know her backstory. We don't know, like, where she originated from. Mm-hmm. Um, is she trying to climb the corporate ladder? I think they all are. I think there's something else. There's something else there. I mean, there's, it's, it's too easy to say she's trying to climb the corporate ladder. I think she's trying to, man, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure right now. And that's, I think that's what they want us to think, <laughs> yeah. for us to yeah. not know. So. Yeah, we are not going to be maybe, maybe I was going to say maybe she is, like, the... I don't know. She's helping us along with the with the arc of that, you know, like the Imperials are always right on the heels of the rebellion. Like maybe that's the mm-hmm. arc that she's going to be and she is going to be a villain. Sure. I would like to see 
see her kind of like be a little more villainous, I think, kind of at the end of the end of the show, because I really enjoyed the villain arc of uh, Price in Rebels, like of how evil she was and cutthroat she was. And that's a really good, uh, really good arc, too. And it's cool to see like we, we we don't get a lot of like like women villains. So I feel like it would be cool to see somebody in that position, especially a woman, that would be cool. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. And I like Alexander in the chat um, and Cohen both agreeing. Like, uh, I think that she's going to stick with Cyril. I think that she's going to be like, wait, you're the one that knew about this. Maybe bring him in. So now whether he rebels or not, I think I agree. I think she's going to stick Imperial. And maybe if he defects while she doesn't, that's again, that's very callous price, right? That's right. the whole thing. Um, so maybe they don't want to repeat that, but also that's interesting. I just think their back and forth is going to be fascinating. And I think Cyril might, find her very intriguing as a as a presence professionally personally uh i'm very excited to see more of them but i think what's interesting here before we get into uh one of our final points about all the freaking easter eggs that were in this episode for a show that doesn't have easter eggs shut up um (laughs) what i love is that most stuff we're talking about here is all characters that aren't castian and it proves this is an ensemble show like they told us this Mm. from the stop and like this episode i'm like Everything about this is fascinating. I love Diego. I love the yeah. Cassian stuff. But they're really putting all these other characters at the forefront of, of intrigue. And they're writing it so well that I'm more than happy to watch an ISB meeting. I know. Like for, I know. for an hour. One one kind of toxic opinion, if you want to go that far. It, it borders on the folks that have toxic opinions. It's kind of probably who I saw it from. I saw on Reddit... Uh, Go like ahead, I know, I'm putting <laughs> this is one of the weird things that I didn't know that I was going to agree with that I actually do really agree with. I saw a a funny meme that was like, like if if Andor was directed by um, directed by uh, what am I trying to say? Filoni Favreau, and Favreau Filoni. and stuff, mm-hmm. and it was like it it was showing like the Rebellion crew or whatever, like that scene that you showed a minute ago, Wes, with all, with the characters all standing mm-hmm. there in the shot, and it, somebody photoshopped in like Bane and Ahsoka and Luke and Grogu and the Mandalorian, <laughs> like all in the background, like it's like a bazillion yeah. cameos, which <laughs> yep. is a little funny to me because like I. I am starting to feel that way a little bit about the Filoni Favreau stuff. It's like you can't. I mean, on, honestly, every single episode is almost like I wonder who's going to cameo this week. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's a little insane to me. Mm-hmm. And I think you know the, the truth of the matter is Filoni just really loves his characters that he's created. And yeah, and there's uh, a place but, for that. Yeah, there is a place for that. But I think I think uh, we all really saw like like kind of out of out of place like the whole mando ahsoka luke arc in book of boba fett was it was very odd right so like yeah it was fun but it was like i know i have to say that i i really appreciate the maybe go as far to say the risk that it is at this point to like Mm. not do that because you know to to create a show like this that is about one film right that rogue one Mm. that maybe by some craziness, like some of the more casual fans have not seen, I guess, maybe, which is a shame, but I could maybe see that, that maybe casual fans have not seen Rogue One. So this is about characters from that film uh, and to not like throw in any other kind of stuff so far in episode four. Like, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if we make it all the way to the end of this season without getting a single cameo from someone we know, like some major character. Yeah. It doesn't make sense in this context to have Luke show up or Grogu show up. It right. doesn't make sense for that to happen. So... I'd say I appreciate that. Um, I have to appreciate that because that is a bit risky, mm. I think, to do. So, yeah, because I mean, uh, even in Rogue, we hear Mon Mothma <clears throat> ask Bail, right? Like your friend, the Jedi, like under, like under her breath, like 
they have not been working with Jedi. So, like, Force sensitives, more than likely, ain't going to be a part of this. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, I mean, Wes, I want to I give you the floor because you wrote about the moment where I think a lot of us freaked out. Um, <laughs> the most, speaking of, like, <clears throat> verbal cameos, I guess you could call that. Yes. Um, this was a great moment. Um, before I get into that, because I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose this uh, screenshot that I did. Mm. There's a lot of similarities of <clears throat> large groups, whether it be the Rebellion, the Empire, or or anybody else, where they gather around a map and like and look at like what they are discussing. Like they have that in Rogue One. They have it in in you know in. Uh, and it, but the Empire in Episode Four, everybody is gathering around and discussing, almost like a a group of leaders. And and I just thought that was interesting. They did with this with them. They don't have electronics. They have an archaic map. They have models. So I thought that was pretty cool. That they they added in there and skiing over there in the hammock. He was like, I don't give a shit about what you're talking about. I'm just gonna put my life on the line, which is funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, so yes, let's talk about the one. Um, the one quote that we saw at the very beginning with Luthen handing over this necklace of Kyber, or oh, what was yeah. it, Sky, uh, Sky Stone? Body um, Signet. <laughs> yes, and advising the. Um, Signet. It's, it's, it, yeah, it, um, it celebrates the uprising of the Rakatan invaders. <laughs> and I was like, man, I have heard that before. Where is that from? And so I, look, I looked it up. It is definitely KOTOR. It's KOTOR before even KOTOR, right? So this is about a um, the species. Yeah. It's KOTOR, <laughs> Knights of the Really Old Republic. It was this, what was the world? Rakata? Rakata? Rakata. 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 Yeah, so that they um, basically this species was all force sensitive. Usually, your species you have a couple force sensitive beings within the species. This entire species was force sensitive, and they basically took over the galaxy. And they went in and they they stripped the world of their uh, resources and their minerals, and they moved on. Much why Tatooine looks the way it does now because it used to be lush and green, and they went in there and stripped it of its uh, of its minerals. So this they. Eventually, with infighting and civil war and all that, they kind of dwindled their numbers, and then they became planet bound. And they had they had other people come in and battle them, and they eventually died off. But I mean, this whole concept of the uprising and being a, a celebration or a symbol and and holding the a blue kyber crystal is the first time we've seen kyber crystal before any of the Jedi. So mm-hmm. before you know episode two, so yeah. or episode three, I'm sorry. So um. It was pretty interesting. He only wants fifty thousand credits for it, though. Yeah, I mean that doesn't that doesn't seem like enough. Well, and he says, you know, whatever you can get it, it means more to yeah. me. And it's of the ancient world. He talks about it, and I'm like, one, obviously he's a, he's a you know he's a seller of antiquities. Like that's his his mm-hmm. cover, if, if not how he started. So he could have gotten it there, but I'm also like, why for you so specifically is this one thing? And then my conspiracy theory goes to, you know, the last episode when we first saw him, he has that staff that condenses like a lightsaber almost. And I'm like, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing here, Luthen? What's the, uh, why, why, why? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am fascinated by this because it also, also made a good point. It connects Cassian and Jin because Jin's mom gives her the Kyber Crystal Necklace and then Luthen mm-hmm. gives Cassian the Kyber Crystal Necklace. So it's kind of like that nice mirroring True. moment and like yeah this moment was awesome not only for the easter egg but also for what it could mean for Luthen's character who again maybe the most interesting person in the show 
Yeah. Can we talk about more of the Easter eggs like that yeah. were specifically in Luthen's shop? Because I did not catch all these, but there's some great like Twitter threads that show a lot of screenshots because uh, a lot of people talked about that Keldor mask, right? When that yes. was seen in one yeah. of the last trailers they put out. But y'all, if you look in the background, um, there's a Jedi and Sith holocron. There is a Gungan shield. That's uh, the weirdest one. There, that's a weird a one, Gungan right? Gungan shield. Yeah. yeah. Oh. There's a Calicori, like from Rebels, that yep. Hera had. There yeah, yeah. was uh, there was some Mandalorian armor. I mean, it was yep. ridiculous the number of Easter eggs in that like three minute scene, yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Star Killer is dark side armor from the end of Force Unleashed. Yep, Cohen. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. Star Wars <laughs> yeah. Explain. Star Wars Explain has a video about all this stuff yeah, in the shot, and he highlights it all. And uh, pretty impressive. We talked about last episode that weirdly no not very many easter eggs in the first three episodes so i guess they were just saving it all for this one look at this but i, yeah. I like it done this way i i kind of like it more subtle yeah. like yeah, you would too. have to see it or find it or it's like a verbal <laughs> reference to yes. something very unique Agreed. and and not that everyone would know so it's not so in your face like that's that's kind of i like it kind of just threaded in more naturally agree i completely agree i thought it worked great this way like you don't need to know that it's like Tarful's Wookiee headdress and like that there's a, a Wookiee horn and like all these things which by the way the Wookiee horn that's going to be one of the things in Kristen Baver's upcoming uh, 101 objects of the Star Wars galaxy or something <laughs> which I thought was fun um, prior to that book uh, we're a book show but I, I just <laughs> I thought this was such a cool way again you don't and then the, of course the Mortis tablets were my favorite thing in there yeah. I don't think that you have to be a huge Star Wars fan to notice all that stuff it doesn't take anything out it's just a, hey, we're in a museum. This looks like a bunch of galactic stuff. That's neat. But the props designers got to have a great time being like, okay, what would be in here? Like, that's yeah. what's so fun. And Tony Gilroy also talks so much about his production designer that he worked with. Uh, his name is Luke, I believe, um, in a bunch of interviews because he's like, the production designer was one of the first people he hired on the entire project before anything was written, before anything was created because he's like, we're going to be working so closely together because we have to make all of these sets we have to make all these props we have to know what it looks like when we shoot it and i'm like it shows you planned out everything in this show with a production designer yeah. before you wrote a script like it, it it makes it look so good god this shows us it is so good i mean honestly what would you guys rate it at right now out of 10 out of curiosity because i'm like i'm like up there this is like almost perfect for me i mean it's i'm Honestly, all three episodes have almost been 10 out of 10 for me. Like, for real. Yeah, I'd say, like, 9 for me. Yeah. In, in, an, in the 9, out of 9 point something out of 10. Like, if I have to do something. Yeah. Only because I want to see what's coming next. Like, sure. I'd, like, but the season, if you're looking at the season, 10 out of 10. As far as, like, the presentation of the season goes, I am just so thrilled with everything we've seen from it. Yep, there's more of the, more of the, the shop we're seeing here on YouTube uh, that Wes is pulling up. I just, I am blown away by it in, in the fact where I am so excited to see it in a time when, if for some reason you're listening to this years down the line, um, we're getting House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, and Andor every single week, so every single nerd gets something amazing. This yeah. is probably still my most anticipated every week, and I'm <laughs> like, that is too. a huge, huge order um, yeah. during great fantasy Putting shows. 
Putting in these these Easter eggs, much like, I mean, the Mortis arc was the most, it's like one of the most talked about arcs in Clone Wars, and mm-hmm. then the lore, because it spread over to Rebels, and then these stone tablets to the far right are the, are the like, depictions of the Mortis gods. I don't know if, I mean, they, they gotta be, they're obviously renditions, right? The ones are, like, gigantic as mm-hmm. the as the real and ones. it's but like their hand they, signs, I think, in particular. They are the, yeah, the open, yeah, the, the hand yeah, signs. Yeah, for the father, the uh, daughter, and the son. And behind this this snake thing right here is where that um, is where the Gungan shield was. So mm-hmm. in case anybody wants to go back and look at that, but great, like all these all these little pieces. This was a perfect spot, perfect spot, and a perfect way to have Easter eggs put in and put Luthen as a antiquities dealer, and then be like, oh man, we can put in all kinds of stuff. Oh, and there's the there's the mask. I just looked at it right here. Just the mask right in the middle. Yeah, the, um, yep, that's it. Yeah, okay. Down there in the middle and the bottom. What so is that? Yeah. There's that mask. That's, That's uh, the, um, the Keldor mask. Keldor oh. mask, sorry. Yeah. yeah. And also, what a great way to fence money. To be like, oh, Mon Mothma, if she needs to give money to the to the rebellion, oh, I'm buying. Oh, I didn't even I'm think about that. My husband, here's a yeah. lot of money. Yeah, I mean that's art. <laughs> and then of art, course, art has, he doesn't get laundering, huh? A laundering scheme because like it's, wash that stuff. It's one of those insane things yeah. that it's very easy just to make up numbers, and this is what it's worth, right? So like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, this was uh, that was really cool. Just the whole that yeah. entire scene was just one of the best scenes I think we've ever seen, and and in live action like just the intrigue and the lying and the mask and i don't know just so good i heard you got me a present it's going back um, yeah, yeah. Is there a rumor he got me a present? Yeah, we haven't yeah. talked about that guy too terribly <laughs> much, other than what we said earlier, I guess. Yeah. But just uh, I think I hate that guy. He's a, a lot of him. He's a douche. Yeah, uh, real douche. Well, <laughs> in, in variety, because I, I think ne- again next episode, I think we're going to see either the fallout from that party or maybe the party itself. Um, Tony Gilroy mentioned that apparently the these two were married at 16 yeah I saw and that. it was uh uh and it was kind of an arranged marriage he revealed that, a variety that so I'm like out. that makes mm. yeah it makes and they have a daughter so i'm like i am so interested one if that kid a is alive uh two does show up at all <laughs> and like we're gonna watch i he says it's one of the hardest relationships he's ever written and i'm like we're gonna watch this marriage kind of crumble in front yeah. of us which i mean again everyone listening if you're in a marriage job it's great Hope it's lovely. Um, I love watching marriage disintegrating TV, man. It is <laughs> like <laughs> all right, Eric. <laughs> it is so, mad, man. Breaking Bad. I want this toxicity, but like seeing my Mothma be in that situation, which I think is also pretty realistic of some folks in marriages. Do at that point where one person starts to be very idealistic and start to like fight for something, another person says, "I don't care." Who, who, like, these are my friends. What does it matter? Yeah. Like the political divide in marriages is very real in our modern world. So I'm like. Mm. We're going to see that in a Star Wars show, and, it, and I think throughout this first season, we're going to really see that come to fruition. Yeah, big fan. Yeah. Damn, it's big good. Fan. I know, good stuff. <clears throat> they left this. They left us with a um, with more to, to like to want for next Wednesday, yeah. right? They were like, Sly more all right, here, we, we want. Right, here we go," and you're just like, "Credits." Yeah. Like, ha! You screwed. You screwed us. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be two and a half hours again. I know. Yes. Uh, ah. Yeah, I mean, I'm again. I cannot wait for next week already. I'm glad that this one is like 47 minutes. I think. I hope now that we're getting one mm-hmm. at a time, they continue to be more towards 50 minutes than like 35. We'll see. I'm sure when we actually get the Ocean's Eleven heist, it'll be shorter just because of the the effects. But um, I mean, wow. Yeah, the, the credits wow. are very long. Like seven minute credits. A lot of people work yeah, on this are. show. Yeah. <laughs> like, they are long. My, I, Tony, yeah, Tony Geroy said, I think th- throughout the whole first season, there's like 180 speaking roles. Wow. That, like, 
Wow. Holy Over shit. Over 12 episodes? 180? Oh, my God. That is... Yeah. Whew, yeah. Man. He's like, we saw every British actor. We saw all of them. They're like... <laughs> yeah. You Seriously. know? Yeah. Can't wait for more. Um, and we're going to keep getting it. Uh, again, next week, episode five. It's, uh, for those of you that may have missed the, the earlier episodes on how this is split up, it's going to be the... This is the middle episode in the second arc. Uh, so I'm assuming we're going to get more of the plan. I don't know if we're going to get the plan... Mm this episode and then the fallout uh but i mean gosh the quality remains super high and i can't wait for more but we're gonna have to because my friends and i will do it for this week's episode of bounty hunt keep your eyes out for our next hunt and we'll be diving into episode five of andor a special thank you to brian dooley patrick ortiz earl q robert thomas and carl sander on our jedi high council and James T, Elizabeth Cloutier, Ashley Ingalls, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. Go ahead and tell us all your thoughts about Andor in our Discord channel at utini.com slash Discord. Make sure to use those spoiler tags, of course. And follow the main show on Twitter at LivingForcePod and catch us every Monday night here. Follow us all individually about all our things Star Wars. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at Corey M. Helton. Charles Zetsy Hankel. Wes is at Boss Wes. Until next time. God, this show's so good, guys. I got nothing else. Is it Wednesday? <laughs> You've been listening to the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Yeah? Good. To learn more about other Utini Patreon exclusives, visit utini.com.